0: into consumer affairs and investigates the humour of the subject with the help of Alfred Marks.
1: Uh, Ironmonger, uh, have you got six-inch nails? Uh, yes, uh, six-inch nails, yes, I've got six-inch nails. Scratch uh, me back, will you? Drive me mad.
2: <laughs>
1: a man was buying a car and hired purchase and got behind on the repayment. You see, and after a time, the hired purchase company tried to shame him into paying up and they wrote what would your neighbours think if we came and repossessed your car? He you wrote back immediately. I've taken it up with my neighbours and they all agreed it would be a very dirty trick.
2: <laughs> Butcher?
1: Yeah. Butcher? Yeah? I don't like all these flies in your shop. Oh, yeah? Well, tell me which ones you do like. I'll trace the others all. in.
2: <laughs> chemist?
1: Chemist? Can I have some soap? Certainly, sir. Would you like it scented or unscented? Well, it's all the same to you. I'll take it with me, thank you.
2: <laughs>
1: Dear shopkeeper, these mothballs you saw me are no good. Eh, hey, why not? I haven't hit a single moth with them.
2: <laughs>
1: Ironmonger? Ironmonger? Could I have a mouse trap, please? And quickly, I've got to catch a bus. Sorry, we don't sell mouse traps that big. Sorry.
2: <laughs> My
1: grandfather came over to this country many, many years ago from Russia as an immigrant. And he was successful. He went into the grocery business in the east end of London. And I remember going to see him was a trial in his shop. And everyone looked at the salt. There were bags of salt on the counter, bags of salt under the counter, bags of salt on the shelves, in the corners, stacked up in the shop, outside in the yard. And I remember saying, word, Grandad, you must sell a lot of salt. He said, that's the trouble, you see. I don't sell a tablespoon of salt. I don't sell that much salt. But the fella that sold it to me, can he sell salt? <laughs> been doing this program five years ago, we weren't doing this series, but having been doing this particular program, I dare say we wouldn't have called it Consumer Affairs. We'd have called it Shopping, something vague like that. Consumer Affairs is one of those modern sciences which have sprung up recently, fully fledged with its own daunting battery of jargon. Of course it's always been there, it's just we didn't know what to call it before. Buying and selling is basic to any form of society. And maybe it's even more important in this country than some other countries, as Napoleon said. England is a nation of shopkeepers. If that were true, who would actually do the shopping? Robert Louis Stevenson summed up the basis of economy. Everyone lives by selling something. But as long as things have been sold, there has been suspicion of the sellers by the buyers. The old Latin tag, let the buyer beware. Here's a definition from Anarchus, a Scythian philosopher who lived about 600 years B.C. The market is a place set apart where men may deceive each other.
2: This
1: (laughs) This distrust which has been behind most consumer transactions for so long makes even the simplest errand to the shops difficult. And when the matter is slightly delicate, the problem is almost unsurmountable. I mean, imagine you were returning
3: a toupee to a department store. I, am. Uh... Do you have a, uh... you have a private room of some kind? Of... <laughs> I'd like, uh, like to discuss uh, returning a uh, Christmas gift. <laughs> uh, no, it's, it's not underwear or anything like that, so... Uh, see, my wife... Uh, my wife bought me a toupee and uh, I'd, like, I'd like to return it. My, uh, it's under the hat, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what model it is, not so. It's the uh, crew cut with the uh, the widow's beak. Yeah. <laughs> think Mr. Wonderful, is that... Well, what, whatever you call it. <laughs> uh, anyway, I'd like to return and see. And, uh, well, uh, I'll show it to you, just... There's some people coming, just... Uh... <laughs> Just, uh, don't stare at me. Just, just, a... <laughs> okay. just wait till they go by this. And they by now. See there it is. And, uh, well, uh, see the the problem is, uh, I notice uh, people pass me on the street and uh, they start laughing. You know, after they've uh, gone by, and uh, I, it makes me look years younger. I know, but the, they still laugh. See, and. Uh, we went to this party, see, uh, around Christmas time, and uh, I bent down to uh, put some cheese dip on a, on a cracker. <laughs> <laughs> and it fell, you know, the toupee fell. <laughs> into the cheese dip, you know. And, uh, everybody stopped having cheese dip. and uh, let's <laughs> uh, just... You know, she started crying and everything, and uh, so we, we spent a couple hours trying to fish it out of the juice. And uh, I took it home and I uh, I put it in the washer dryer. You know, we have uh, that's an, see that's another problem. Uh, we have one of those windows, you know, and uh, the kids the kids like to sit and watch it, you know. But, and uh, now they're mad at me because I'm returning it. See. <laughs> No, I don't. Uh, I, I don't want the full exchange. I'd like to get a real cheap one, you know, just to put in the washer for the kids. <laughs> well, no, see, I, I didn't know my wife was going to it for me. Uh, well, looking back, you know, I, uh, see, one morning she, she came in with a piece of paper and, and uh, she had me put my head on it and she traced it. <laughs> No, she never told me why she did it, you know. Well, see, the main complaint is it doesn't do, you know, what you say it's going to do. See, I understand it makes me look years younger, yeah, but see, yeah, I, know, I know it stays on a hurricane. See, but, uh... See, we're from Iowa, and, uh... We, we really don't get that many hurricanes. See, mainly, I want it to stay on when I, when I go down for the cheese day. price tag. Uh, you'd have to have the price tag before you could uh, give me a return. Can I use your phone huh? You want to take care of these other people? All uh-huh. right. Yeah, listen, uh, you want to call the Hennessy's, uh, ask them to look in the bottom uh, of the dish, see if there's a price tag in the... Bob Newhart, wondering to
1: pay or not to pay. Like... Like many things in this country, consumer affairs are surrounded by snobbery. There are still views on where is the right place to shop, even in these times of shrinking spending power. Some people wouldn't be seen dead in a supermarket. Some people wouldn't be seen alive in a supermarket. And others take the snobbery even further. A report from the Evening Standard. The landlord asked at St. Marylebone Rent Tribunal today why he thought a surgeon was an undesirable tenant for a room in Upper Barclay Street, replied... Does his own shopping.
2: It's detrimental
1: for this class of house and people to carry shopping. It's not liked by other tenants. <laughs> Methods of shopping vary in different classes, and as a result, during the last war, rationing affected shoppers in different ways. Here's Lord Woolton, reported in a wartime Manchester Guardian. I found that better-off people had many more difficulties than working-class women. They told me how difficult it was not to be able to phone and get what they wanted. War can be pretty tough. Eh? As well as having different methods of shopping and going to different shops, the upper classes also choose their purchases in an idiosyncratic way, according to this cutting from menswear magazine. The in question has one client, a peer son, who takes his two servants with him when attending for a bridges fitting. If the servants can pull the bridges off his legs, he insists on an alteration.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Consumer affairs are two-sided, and so far we've only spoken of the customers. The other side of the counter is just as important, Samuel Butler. Any fool can paint a picture, but it takes a wise man to be able to sell it. Yes, the selling is an art and indeed a science. The shopkeeper has always to keep abreast with what the customer wants and take account of all the factors which affect this. A report from the News Chronicle. A woman buyer for a leading city fashion house said, nobody knows quite why the Birmingham figure should be so difficult. It may be something to do with new regulations in the factories. Almost all the girls sit down to work nowadays, and that is bound to have awful results in the end.
2: (laughs) A shopkeeper
1: must understand the psychology of his customers. A thought from Earl Wilson. To sell something tell a woman it's a bargain and tell a man it's deductible.
2: <laughs> a deeper
1: analysis of how the life and economy of a small trader are conducted, let's hear two acknowledged experts. What's under there?
0: What, what you buy? buy? What you get? We're on our way, Dad. Forty neck of that not under there. Nearly four thousand of them. Nearly four thousand? Really? Let's have a look. What's this then? What's they look like? They're teeth.
2: Four thousand cents. All shapes and sizes. Oh, they nick a
0: lot. You see, that's the way you run a business. What good? Four thousand sets, Four thousand cents. Of four thousand cents. <laughs> right on, right? Well, it depends. whether well, you ain't got any choppers down here. <laughs> right on, you want some. they very useful, aren't they? It is, my What's the matter with you? I ain't never seen false teeth before. Yeah, in a glass of water. We never a car, though. How many did you say you got there? I told you. About Four thousand. Ups and downs? Oh, I don't know. You don't ask that sort of question when you're bulk buying. Here, come on, help me unload them and we'll get them sorted out into sizes. Where'd you get them? From a central laboratory. They was having a clear up. you got hold that stuff open. You're <laughs> not bringing them into the house, are you? Well, of course I am. I've got to get them undercover in my rain. Well, I'm not having them in my house. I ain't not they in no house with 4,000 sets of 4,000 sets <laughs> <6,000. laughs> Well, they're not going to bite you. It's not natural. I know they're not natural. They're false teeth. That's what i talking about. <laughs> Well, I ain't touching them. It's horrible. It's like Burkinair. It ain't like These are teeth. <laughs> I false choppers. Never seen the inside of a mum.
2: It's a gateway to our
0: fortune. What are you going to do with them? Sell them. You too. Oh, Who do you think? People ain't got no choppers of their own. <laughs>
1: Wilfred Bramble and Harry H. Corbett as step and son. Much of the new science of consumer affairs is concerned with getting a customer a fair deal. Consumer organisations act as watchdogs and spend much of their time investigating the complaints of ill-used shoppers. Some shops are slightly ambivalent in their attitude to complaints, like the one in which this notice appeared. Customers should note that any complaints of incivility on the part of any member of our staff will be severely dealt with some, some complaints reflect principally on the complainer. Here's one voiced in a letter to the Sun Express. The Labour government
2: gets itself elected
1: with an overwhelming majority. During the past few months, I've not met one who voted for him. Despite this socialist utopia, I still cannot purchase a pair of braces with elastic. Why don't we belt up? So here's, a, here's a different cause for complaint from the evening standard. In a shoplifting case at South End today, it was said that a woman, after stealing a canvas bag, went to the store manager and said it was not suitable. She asked for a twenty-five-shilling refund.
2: <laughs> the
1: best approach with any sort of complaint is always to go straight to the source of the trouble and confront the shopkeeper in person.
0: I wish to make a complaint! Oh, sorry what's Never I wrong that? Never wrong. mind that, my lad. one. And I'm looking at one right now. No, no, he's there. He's not dead. He's resting hands. Remarkable the bird and all we in it, eh? Beautiful blue, mate.
1: famous parrot sketch from Monty Python's Flying Circus, starring John Cleese and Michael Palin and a non-parrot. Consumer affairs are now considered so important because the society we live in is becoming increasingly consumer-orientated. This is not necessarily a bad thing, according to the economist J.K. Galbraith. Consumer wants can have bizarre, frivolous, or even immoral origins, and an admirable case can still be made for a society that seeks to satisfy them, but the case cannot stand if it is in the process of satisfying the ones that creates the ones. There are serious moral dangers in a consumer society. Too much reliance on property can be a threat to all the old values, like patriotism. A survey from the Observer. We asked an assistant to recommend the best dishwasher that money can buy. She came up with an American model. The best tape recorder? Japanese. The best tent? French. The best gun? Ah, that said, the assistant depends on what you want to shoot. I want to shoot myself. In that case, replied the assistant, unmoved, a Webley and Scott should do the trick. At least I could die backing Britain.
2: <laughs>
1: it's difficult to duck consumer pressures because we're surrounded by reminders in the form of advertisements of all the things we lack. Advertisements can be very persuasive. Here's one from the Harwich and Dovercourt Standard. Ladies. Start the New Year well. Treat hubby to a tip cart load of manure. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, From a Liverpool Greengrocers. (laughs) Fine William Burr's, just like tin. (laughs) (laughs) And here's here's an advertisement in the Sheffield Star. I bought a few of your indigestion tablets last week. Now I feel a new man. Original may be seen on request. Finally, from a Canadian newspaper, there is no substitute for our coffee, so do not try it. (laughs) It's hardly surprising that hymns have been written to the Consumer Society, particularly for the great festival of consumerism, Christmas.
4: Christmas time is here, by golly, disapproval would be folly. Deck the halls with hunks of holly, fill the cup and don't say when. Kill the turkeys, ducks and chickens Mix the punch, drag out the dickens Even though the prospect sickens Brother, here we go again On Christmas Day you can't get sore Your fellow man you must adore There's time to rob him all the more The other three hundred and a six A T, a four Relations, sparing no expense, oh, send some useless old utensil for a matching pen and pencil, just the thing I need, how nice It doesn't matter how sincere it is, nor how heartfelt the spirit Sentiment will not endear it, what's important is the price Hark the Herald Tribune, see Merry merchants, may ye make the yuletide pay Angels we have heard on high Tell us to go out and fly So let the raucous sleigh bells jingle Hail our dear old friend Chris Kringle Driving his reindeer across the sky Don't stand underneath when they fly by
1: Tom Lehrer. Very few people, when it comes down to it, like parting with their money. And perhaps this is why shopkeepers have always been regarded with such suspicion. Obviously, there have always been cheats behind the counter. The double-crossing shopkeeper is a traditional figure. Let's hear some tradesmen's epitaphs. Here lies an ironmonger. Here is life to stop. But he won't be long in his coffin if the nails were bought in his shop. (laughs) A grocer. Here lies a grocer, name of John, and here it gives me pleasure to end my epitaph and, like John, content you with half measure.
2: <laughs> a
1: butcher. A butcher, name of Tam McNabb, is dead but not forgotten. He lies for once beneath his slab, and like his meat, he's rotten.
2: <laughs>
1: Complaints against people in shops nowadays are not so often on grounds of cheating as on grounds of sheer... Apathy. An observation from George Mikesh. All English shop assistants are Miltonists. And Miltonists firmly believe that they also serve who only stand and wait. <laughs> but shop assistants can sometimes be very helpful in explaining to customers how the consumer society works. A letter published in the competitor's journal. I went into a big store in town and asked the assistant for a small packet of washing powder. She handed me a packet marked large. I'm afraid you didn't understand, I said. I asked for a small packet. That's right, madam, said the assistant. It comes in three sizes. Large, giant, and silver. I gave you the small size. Large. (laughs) And shop assistants can tell you what stock is and is not available. A letter from Woman's Mirror. I went to a large store to buy a Bible my nephew requested for his Christmas present. When I asked to see some Bibles, I was told, Sorry, madam, all our Bibles have been put away owing to the Christmas rush. (laughs) Large stores presumably know their own business best, and they have to be prepared for every eventuality, though some eventualities are more unexpected than others. Oh, uh, uh, hello, uh, Nichols Department Store. Uh, See, I...
2: All right.
3: (laughs) Oh, yes, I'm... All right, okay, I'll wait. All right.
1: Emergency, emergency. Hang on there for just a second. This is an emergency, and I'll, I'll let you go in just a second. Uh, see, here's the thing. See, uh, you don't know me. I, I work in the office building right across the street from your uh, 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 store, and I was, uh, no, the uh, southwest, and I was uh, just sitting, I was looking out of my window, and I noticed there's, there's a woman hanging from a window ledge on your building about ten flights up. and she said, oh, no, I'm ready. You're missing the point. I don't wish to speak to the woman. No, I, uh, you know, I,
2: you know, I,
1: you know, I'd like somebody to go up there and, and pull her in. Well, I don't care uh, who. You know, how about you? You're over there. Uh, what about yourself? I, oh, I, well, what time is your coffee break?
2: Well, <laughs> no, I don't think
1: she can wait till then. Uh, you know, who knows how long she's been hanging there before I notice her. I can see her from here. and Her knuckles are very white. Uh, the woman didn't hang there for hours, obviously, and I afraid she'll slip, you know.